Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of... The Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it? Off and rolling on a Wednesday, December 6, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, I have uh, I have watched a film that you recommended for me, May, December on Netflix. I'm uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable ever since it ended last night. I hope so. It would be odd if you weren't. It would be weird if somebody watched that and was like, great family drama that everybody, yeah, no, that everybody yeah. should pull Good up and watch. fun, yeah. Yeah, no, it's made to be uncomfortable. It's yeah, excellent. yeah. Yeah, my saw, brain, my brain's still kind of trying to recover, though. I, I'm in the same boat, but on the opposite side of it, because uh, I saw Godzilla minus one last oh, night. Oh, how was that? Oh, <laughs> my God. It ripped, huh? Unbelievable. Ripped. Cried multiple times. Truly phenomenal, and it's really poetic that it came out the same year as Oppenheimer. You cried, you, you cried yes, multiple dur- times. Yes, the human like, story in this. Tears, it, like real actual tears. tears. Yes, real tears from a Godzilla movie. It's excellent. Excellent. I didn't expect to hear that. I didn't expect to hear that. Cried from a Godzilla movie. It's incredible. It's, I genuinely, it's like one of the best movies of the year. I'm not kidding. Okay. How about that? How about that? Well, I hope tonight is one of the best basketball nights of the year for the... Memphis Grizzlies and uh, the Memphis Tigers have two games that need to be won. They need to win. That's the hope. They absolutely need to win. And everybody knows the drill. Celtic, 7 o'clock tonight with me, 7, 10 p.m. Isaiah's back. It's the the dynamic duos back at Celtic. Come out, meet Julia, meet Reagan, oh, meet the yes. rom-coms. Are they, are they gonna, uh, I mean, you don't I have know no if idea they're if gonna they're going to be there. there. They, they might be You're, there. It's but just your assumption. Here's all I know. The Tigers are playing tonight, and the Memphis Grizzlies are playing the Detroit Pistons, and I have a bar tab. That is a dangerous what's circumstance a, what's a bar for tab? me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it, keep it a secret. If it's anything over 25, you can get the job done at uh, Celtic. I'm I'll in say trouble. That. They have good say, prices over at Celtic. Let's just say if things go Everybody poorly tonight, I might, I might be feeling sick tomorrow. <laughs> 
So you're not going to use that to go get? Do they have? Do they have the? Is it called a Scotch egg? What's it called? The Scotch egg. Where I'm they where sure. they put it in the sausage? They have a, a, a hard boiled egg. They throw it in the sausage and they deep fry it. No idea. Never had that. No, okay. have not. Well, you're not going to use it on that. You're no. not going to use it on food. No, that's that's the assumption. Correct. And as long as you have over 25 at Celtic, that goes a long way. Yes, it Celtic does. Celtic is great with their drink prices. Great with their prices in general. But uh, we have one and a half hours. We have a very short show today. On the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We're going to open on the Tigers and the Grizzlies, talk about those games, um, and and get what we need out of them. Hopefully there's a couple of wins. There's no question about that. We have Ty Richardson at 4.30 because we don't have a 6 o'clock hour. Ty Richardson usually joins on Wednesday from ESPN Arkansas. We'll talk about the SEC college football, the college football playoff. Charlie Baker um, in the NCAA have, have sort of uh, – Proposed a different rule, a different set of standards, uh, and a break-off subdivision of the FBS. So I'll talk to him about that as well. Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock per normal from the Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian. Then we're out right thereafter. We're going to pass you off to Gary Darby for Grizzlies at Pistons. Grizzlies at Pistons. And that's where I want to start. Grizzlies at Pistons. The Pistons are awful. They're absolutely dreadful. They're 2-18 and 18 so far this year. And if you if you've been counting at home, that would be uh, that would lead you to understand that that is 17 losses in a row. So if the Grizzlies happen to lose tonight, it will be front page national news. And I don't know, I don't think I'm ready, or this city's ready, or a bunch of Grizzlies fans are ready for the embarrassment that would come with a loss tonight, Connor. That is the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, maybe some people could say you'd play tight because you know what's on the line, but hopefully the Grizzlies can handle business. This Detroit Pistons team, yes, it's they have a good, a decent collection of talent. Like I like their players. I like Asar Thompson. I like Cade Cunningham. I like Jaden Ivey. I like uh, Jalen Duren. I like all of them, but they don't play together. There's a lot of guys that tend to just try to do their own thing on the offensive end and give no effort on the defensive end. So far this year, they are 25th in defensive efficiency, 27th in offensive efficiency. They are a cellar dweller. They are the cellar dweller of the year. Um, and there's been a lot of intrusive talks. If you've heard radio hosts, uh, certain radio hosts within that market talking about this team, they, uh, they don't like the direction, to say it, say it lightly. But I don't, think, I don't think the Grizzlies or the Grizzlies fan base can handle the embarrassment of a potential loss and how much that would be out front on the national scene because of the historic losing streak the Pistons are on. Listen, the Pistons haven't won since October 19th. That streak must continue. It must it continue. There is no excuse to lose like to a team like the Detroit Pistons. They are dreadful. Like you said, I do like the talent that they have, but for some reason, Monty Williams just doesn't like to play all of those guys together. Their roster really makes no sense outside of those four guys. They are Awful. Awful. It is ISO basketball constantly. Jalen Duran being a center is having to create for himself. He, in many cases, is the best passer on the team, which is, you know, you can have a conversation about that right there. Jaden Ivey, for some reason, is just not getting minutes with this team, which you can keep an eye on. There's been a lot of talks about maybe a Chicago trade there because to keep an eye on that. 
You cannot lose to this basketball team. The Grizzlies are the more talented team. They have the veterans. I know that they are playing a bunch of guys right now who, you know, may not be in the rotation long term, but they have the dogs to get it done tonight. You have to take care of business. As long as you can just contain Cade Cunningham, to be quite honest, you don't have a ton to worry about with the Detroit Pistons. Go out there, execute the basketball game simply, and you'll beat them. Like, you don't have to do anything special to beat the Pistons. Just play basketball, and you'll beat them. Yeah, that's what you would think. And by the way, just so we're clear, Cade Cunningham is actually having a uh, good statistical year. He can't. He's shooting forty one percent, but he's also thirty five percent from three. Um, but he's 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 distributing the ball a little better than he did in 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 year one. There, twenty three, eight, and eleven was his was his stat line against the Cavs last time out. So he's playing good ball. The rest of them, though, it's just a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. Now the Grizzlies, as far as lineups are concerned, and what you want to see them run out, I want to see them run out what they have the last three games. I want to see Jalen Noel. Um, give the effort that he's been giving. I want to see Vince Williams Jr. out there all over the floor, the way he's been playing. He says, did you find it interesting that he says his uh, defensive, the guy on the defensive side of the ball that he looks up to is Pat Bev? Isn't that kind of strange? He looks up to the pest Pat Bev. I mean, Pat Bev for Great all of defensive the things, player. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying it's just stylistically, right. I think Vince is almost in a different in a different category. Whereas, like, I, I've talked about this in the past, even with a guy like Dylan Brooks. I, I put good defensive players into these categories of stopper and pest. I think Vince Williams can be a pest, but he's more of a stopper. He can stay in front of you. He can bother the hell out of you. He can body you up. He can do those things. Pat Bev sort of falls in that pest category where he's just going to slap at your wrist and do everything, scratch, claw, do everything to bother you. So I don't know if stylistically I really agree with that. It may be more the unrelentingness of it. Yes, like Pat ben, that's Like fair. you said, the, the best energy. part of it, he's just always going to be around. But to your point, Vince Williams Jr.'s body type is just different than Patrick Beverly. He can do a little bit more on the defensive side of the basketball at his at you know the peak of powers. I'm not saying he's a better defender than Pat Bev, but he could potentially be there. He might be able to get there one day. But no, I, under, I understand it, especially, you know, Coming up, watching basketball when he did, Patrick Beverly was one of the premier defenders. So, yeah, that makes sense. Being a Memphian, you, you, you wish that he had said somebody like Tony Allen, but, you know, we'll take Pat Bev. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. Former Memphis Grizzly, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Derek Rose isn't on the uh, injury list, so good. maybe he'll probably Very get good. some good run tonight. Um, it looks like, and again, I mentioned it yesterday, kind of all hands on deck considering what what the injury report just naturally looks like with Steven Adams and Ja and BC and those type of guys out. So you're going to have Derrick Rose, you're going to have Xavier Tillman, you're going to have as many guys as possible in the current in the current moment. This needs to be a win. There should be no no other thought. You cannot deal with that it's, embarrassment. It's the, type the embarrassment of game. coming out tomorrow or tonight if they lose this game is just not not something I want to have to deal with. It's the type of one where Jaron Jackson Jr. could really, really dominate this basketball game. I know that Jalen Duran is is a good center to have, but outside of him, they have quite literally nothing. Isaiah Stewart's not going to do anything. Killian Hayes, I'm not worried about him. He's going to be out on the perimeter anyway. It's just they just don't have much there. Marvin Bagley Jr., no thank you. James Wiseman, good luck. Jaron Jackson and Jr. And Jaron's coming off of a 37-point performance against the Phoenix Suns. He Suns. should be able to he sh- dominate he this should, game. He should have some confidence and some carryover, hopefully, from that last game. That's that's the hope, at least. The good news about the Pistons is that they aren't playing with desperation like we've been talking about how the Grizzlies have been playing. They, they are playing like they all hate each other. So well, that here's, hopefully that trend continues. Something I was thinking about. Just considering what they did this offseason. The Pistons? To go, yeah, the Pistons. To go get Monty Williams. To sign him to the second highest NBA coaching contract ever. 
You're two and eighteen. If this continues to go this direction, could you have a one and done for Monty Williams after giving him that contract? Like that is a brutal reality that they're going to have to actually face. Like that's a brutal thing that they have to really discuss behind closed doors. He's clearly not getting through to this young team. Clearly, even though he's getting paid what six million bucks a year, so. I wonder if this could be a one and done. It might be a one and done from Monty. He might be like, I'm He's good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I resign. Well, th- this would be the mutual parting of ways. Right. Yeah. They do have Bogdanovich back, which, you know, he does provide wing scoring for them. And he is a veteran that could be out there that could, you know, he could put up 20 plus, 25 plus on a given night. But yeah. that's just the thing about them is that they have not had a game this season well, where Bog- all of them have been firing at the same time. And you just hope that that isn't tonight. And I don't expect it to be tonight. They just, their pieces don't really fit together. And, the good news about the Pistons is usually when one guy's going off, it, it kind of negates another guy being able to because of the style of basketball that they play. So Somebody's got to get the shot. Somebody's just taking a back Just keep Cunningham and Bogdanovich under wraps, and you're going to be fine. You're yes. going to be fine. Yes. Um, In theory. Bogdanovich <laughs> has one game under his belt this year with 22 points. So he's a guy who can go score, but they're playing him off the bench. Um We'll just see how this game goes tonight. I I don't know what my I don't know what my expectation is other than go win the damn game. Go win the damn game. Make yeah. make the Pistons two and nineteen. Extend the losing streak. Because again, the embarrassment of losing this game and having to deal with it on the national scale is not worth it. It's just not. Um, elsewhere in the NBA last night, um, we did have the uh, play-in tournament, the quarterfinals. We had the Lakers get over top of the Suns. Um, and then the Bucks get over top of the Knicks. The Lakers game, that end of that game, was that was brutally officiated. I'm sorry. I know that there's some people out there that will talk about the pool report uh, where they said Austin Reeves pinned the ball to his leg so LeBron James was able to get that timeout off. No, I'm not going to accept that. Austin Reeves did not have full possession of that ball, and they ended up calling a timeout, and it, and it negated what could have been a massive turnover for the Suns late in that game. May Yes, it was a terrible Terrible timeout call. No way they should have been rewarded timeout. It still would have been the Lakers' ball because the ball would have gone out of bounds. Okay, it was, right. it was the it was a, it was it still been a Lakers' ball, but it looks much worse. I just because it was there in no way in hell should they have gotten a timeout there. No way in hell should that have been timeout. I 100 percent agree with that. Did you see the pull report though? They did say they 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 backed up their decision by showing an angle of it. Well, Austin Reeves had the ball pinned to his leg. Sure, shut I, up. I'm, I'm, I, I, I guarantee the the referee saw that from across the court. It's LeBron James <laughs> calling a timeout. You're going to grant the damn timeout. That's what happened. Face. That's what happened. Yeah, the guy that was Just across the that. court call, saw that. You know, he used his inspector gadget zoom in to go <laughs> to see the ball pinned up against it. No, it's ridiculous. Come on, it's like come on. Yeah, but they they got over top the uh, Lakers because of I think. Uh, I mean, Somewhat that that call played into it, but one hundred six to one hundred three. But LeBron was phenomenal last night. Even the fact that he got that timeout called and confirmed definitely added to his bag last night. But thirty one eight eleven and five steals, five steals. I think he had five steals. Like he's the first Laker to have five steals since Kobe. Like it's ridiculous to see what he's doing at age thirty eight going on. I mean, it's not even okay. Um, and then. Watching down the stretch of that game, I found it in bad taste what he did to Yusuf Nurkic. (laughs) I found it in very bad taste. That was not nice. That was criminal. Testing him at the rim, doing everything he can to get to the rim, step backs, uh, taking him off the dribble, 
bouncing. I mean, just uh, finding wide open guys after taking uh, Yusuf Nurkic uh, once he got the switch on the high pick and roll. Like, oh god, Yusuf Nurkic. That that was. I was less than en- I was less than enthused with his. You mean uh, the defensive center they traded for? I was less than enthused with the uh, defensive center that they traded for last night with his job that he did on LeBron James. That was not good. I think DeAndre Ayton probably would have stu- stuck in there, maybe even a little bit better. Ah, uh, they hated him. Yeah, they hated him. Listen, it all ended how they wanted it to end, but the thought the thought process behind Yusuf Nurkic being better on the defensive end than DeAndre Ayton was always the dumbest thought process ever. Right, DeAndre Ayton is a. Ba- uh, honestly, like if you just use your eyes, is a better defensive player. He just doesn't give you what you want night to night. He's just not consistent. The effort is not consistent, and that's the problem. Um, and also, final final thing on that game, there was a nice breeze last night in the air. I don't know if you felt it. I don't know if you felt the nice breeze last night. I took a walk last night, felt a nice breeze, and I, I thank KD for that for that air ball he shot at the end of the game. That wasn't even close. He almost hurt somebody with that thing. That was the least clutch shot I've ever seen KD take. The and I, I, I hate to say this, and this is sort of where I'm at with the Suns. In those situations, if you need a bucket to tie or to win, I almost think you just put the ball in Devin Booker's hands and just say go, brother. He, it's his team. He's the head of the snake for that team. Even if Bradley Beal and Kevin, which we'll see if Bradley Beal ever gets on the floor, but even if Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant are on the floor, this is Devin Booker's team. This is Devin Booker who should be taking those types of shots in those situations. Maybe. I didn't hate the shot. It was a I didn't fine hate the shot. shot. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hate I, – listen, I, don't, I didn't hate where he took the shot in the past. I'd be fine with that, but I think KD is a little bit older. Those shots become a lot tougher. And I think Devin Booker is just this guy who's directly in his prime, and he makes those tough shots. Even with a hand in his face, he can create space better than, than Kevin Durant even at this point in his career. So I just feel like Devin Booker's the head of the snake, the guy who should be taking that shot. At the end of the it's game. just the, the Suns, they desperately need Bradley Beal to get healthy. They do. Because outside of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they do not have a go-to scoring impact player that they can rely on every single night. You have some nights where Eric, Eric Gordon steps up. You have some nights where Nurkic does step up. He's a good offensive player. That's one of the reasons they went and got him. But he, it's kind of negated by his terrible defense. But they are 0-3 against the Lakers this season. And that is not good. And a big part of that has just been because Bradley Beal has not been able to be out there healthy. It was the fear when they made that type of trade. They have been decent so far in the regular season, but they, are, they have continuously dropped some games to better competition because they just don't have enough guys to go yep. into battle. Yep. They need Bradley Beal back. And they I need don't him. know when that's going to happen. That's the thing. I we haven't know. gotten the update either. It's, it, and the videos don't look great. <laughs> looks like his back is shot. You throw out your back. I, for anybody that's thrown out their back, they understand how hard it is to sort of recover from that. But it sort of looks like that. When you watch Bradley Beal on camera, when you see the videos of him, he's not getting any lift on his jumper. He looks uncomfortable. Um, but, yeah, that, 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 is, that is definitely uh, a concern for that team going forward. Um, this also, I heard KD talk about this after the game, it does feel like this entire in-season tournament how it's all shaped out, it feels like it's perfect for the Lakers to go in. The short, short flight to Las Vegas. They've had home games. They've been comfortable. They're healthy. It feels like this is the Lakers to go go take advantage of. But it'll be Lakers versus uh, versus Pelicans in the semifinals, and then Bucks versus Pacers in the semifinals in the East. 
So I, I think Lakers Bucks is what everybody in the NBA office right now would be rooting for. Oh, one hundred percent, without question. Yeah, without question. Yeah. I want to see the Pacers get in. I really do. I'm really rooting for the Pacers. It, they're just a fun group of players to watch, man. And a Tyler's Halliburton is a show. And also, just sort of considering where we're at with like the college football playoff, how much I'm annoyed by the Florida State getting omitted for TV ratings purposes. I would get a kick out of uh, Pelicans versus Pacers in the in the in season tournament final. I don't want to see the Pelicans. I, I mean, I, listen, I'm I got to root against. Them. I would get oh, a kick out to. of it. I guess I, this is my the, me being sour. Off of what I've seen TV ratings do to our sports, sure. due to my college football. That's fair. So, yeah, I, 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 there is that. But yes, Lakers versus Bucks seems like the most uh, realistic, realistic matchup we're going to see in the championship game. Now, Tigers versus VCU in Richmond. Um, this is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't think people understand VCU is a very, very solid basketball team. Yes, they're 4-4. Four and four. Yes, they've had some tough losses along the way. They lost to Norfolk State, Boise State, Iowa State, McNeese State. Okay? They, I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, they have very solid players. Like, in the end of the day, they have a couple of uh, transfers that sort of handle business off the top. Max Shulga is one of them. And then the other one would be Zeb Jackson. He's formerly of Michigan. He was a guard for them, um, if you remember, way back uh, what, two years ago. Um, so they have some decent players. Um, they, they don't necessarily have a whole bunch of size, but based on what the Tigers have, have sort of run out there, Tigers don't have a whole bunch of size at this moment. Jordan Brown is going to miss the game with a sickness. I think it's an interestingly timed sickness. I sort of wonder if there's more to it. I hope there isn't. I really hope there isn't, but it's interestingly timed with all the conversation about him, him getting sick. Malcolm Dandridge will get the start, um, and I think the consistency we've seen from him has lent itself to that, and I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but the Tigers are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against VCU. The other part about VCU that definitely could give you a little bit of a pause is their coach, Ryan Odom, is a very good coach. This guy at UMBC who was able to win against Virginia – able to get over top for the first 16 seed ever beating a one seed. He then went to Utah State, 26-9 and at Utah State. He's definitely got some juice on that sideline. He can make adjustments. He can do it on the fly. Um, and he can seemingly do it with a talent deficiency, like at UMBC. So I, I, all this being said, Tigers need to win this game. They, a three-game losing streak, streak is unacceptable. To lose to VCU, that is a bad loss. Uh, with with the losses they've accrued, the fact that they're four and four, um, so they need to win this game, and there, there's no other way to look at it. Yes, this, this is must win. Yeah, we talked about it sometimes. Basketball is a simple sport that you can overcomplicate. Tonight, I think it's pretty simple. The Memphis is the more talented basketball team. They may not have a ton of size, but they have more size than VCU. It's a team that struggles on the rebounding. They struggle inside, but they are a defensive-minded basketball team. They're tr- going to try to pull you into the mud. To be quite honest, it has a chance to look very similar to the Ole Miss game. They have good yep. guards, and they have bigs who are going to mess with you on the inside, but they're not going to do too much. But they're going to try to pull they, this game they, into the mud. They're going to try to slow it down. They're going to try to get those steals, force turnovers. If you can take care of the basketball 
and just get the ball to David Jones, you're going to be okay. This is a team that the Tigers should beat. They are favored for a reason. It's going to be tough going into VCU. They do have a good home crowd, but the Tigers should be able to take care of business tonight. It's a game they should win, and if they lose, it's not great. You, do, you cannot lose three games in a row with this talented roster. So I expect them to go out there and take care of business. Go take care of business. Give us a game tonight where it's just it's undeniable from the start to finish. That's what um, I would like to see. The, the offensive metrics for VCU are eerily similar to Ole Miss. Very, very. Eerily similar in the fact that they're not a good three-point shooting team. And we saw Ole Miss get hot. Hopefully VCU doesn't get as hot as Ole Miss was. 11 for 22 in college basketball is absolutely ridiculous. But they shoot 32% from the three, and they hold their opponents to 28%, which is even a lower number than Ole Miss held. So, it's again, it's going to be hard from the three-point line. You have to attack. You have to get up and down the floor. You have to speed the game up. Because we know VCU is going to try to slow you down, grind it to a halt to a certain extent. And the other part of this is you have to be very, very careful on the offense or on the on the on the glass. You have to make sure you go win that win that battle. They have been a good rebounding team thus far. Um, eight eight offensive rebounds per game. So keep them off the offensive glass. Don't give them second chance opportunities, and I think you'll be okay. But there's also an opportunity for the Tigers to go hit the offensive glass, give some more effort. They give up 10.5 offensive rebounds per game. So just try to stick in there and go win this rebounding battle, and then I think ultimately you can out-talent them as the game goes along. I think that's how this game will ultimately play out. If you go and you look at it, VCU, go look at their record and you go look at their stats. It's basically if they they get more turnover, if they can force more turnovers – they will win the game. So you have to win the turnover battle. It's the rebounding battle and the turnover battle, I think, that's going to determine the game. Sometimes basketball is a simple sport, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. Take care of the basketball. Let your talent rule the game because you have control of it, and you will win. They turn the ball over a pretty unruly amount. Yes. See you. 14.1 a game. Take advantage of it. Mess with them. If, it, if they want it to be a defensive battle, make it a defensive battle. Yes, but but I, I think getting up and down, if you can shoot from the three-point line a little better than you did last game, I'd imagine better than three for 18. Um, go ahead and do that. Um, Let but other Jones than cook. that, just, just play within yourself and don't let them get you in this slow-paced, half-court, uncomfortable situation. I would like to see a bounce-back game from Quinterly, too. Yeah, I think I, we're due for a couple of bounce-back Bounce back games. <laughs> Fair. Right? I mean, everybody outside of Dave and Jones was bad. I don't know. I mean, Nick Jordan was pretty good. Well, I'm talking about in the starting lineup. Oh, starters, I'm talking yes. about in the yeah, yeah, starting yeah. lineup. Obviously, Jordan Brown not playing. but When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Caleb Mills was no good in that game. He was two for seven. Javon Quinterly was two for 12, didn't hit a single three. Jaquan Walton, I know he got hit in the back of the head late in that game and sort of had to sit out for most of it, but five points on two for eight shooting, he's got he's got more in the tank than that. Right. He's got way more in the tank than that. But I, I, one thing that is going to be concerning going forward, and it has been concerning, is Jordan Brown in this front court depth. Because right now, like if you're just paying attention, Malcolm Dandridge, Nick Jordan. That's what you got. As far as like just sort of natural bigs, rebounding, dirty work bigs. Yeah, David Joe, he can he plays bigger, but he that's not that's, worth what he wants to do. You want him on the yeah. perimeter, you want him right. shooting threes. He's been shoot he's been playing a lot uh, he's been playing the best offensive game so far for this Tigers team. He's been the best offensive player. Right? So you don't want to drag him into a different p- role when the role he's in right now, he's thriving. Well, and you don't want him to have to defend too big because he has had some foul trouble this season while doing that. So you don't want to get him into foul trouble because that does stall the Memphis offense when he's not out there. It looks different when David Jones isn't out there. So you want to avoid situations like that. So that's why, honestly, Malco is going to be a huge part of this game tonight. He has been really, really good on the defensive end. Hopefully that continues tonight. Yeah, Jordan Brown, though, if he can't turn in to the player we thought he was going to be, this ceiling is completely different. Right. Like, we have to start talking differently about what this team can actually accomplish. Right. We'll see if he can morph. We'll see once he comes out of this sickness what he looks like. But if he is not a 16-10 and guy or at least a double-double type guy... We have a predicament. There's yeah. a predicament on our hands. Yes, it was. he was supposed to be a key piece heading into the season, and unfortunately, we just haven't gotten that so far. Yeah, now, what do you think of Rick Stansberry and what he had to say about the uh, crowds at home? I'm never, I've never been a fan of telling people it. how to uh, spend their money, especially around the holidays. He said he was disappointed in the crowds, and this was at the, uh, the Penny Hardaway radio show at Brookhaven. Disappointed in the crowds, show up and show out, or don't complain about lack of success. That was basically that's, that's paraphrasing. I don't understand the strategy there. I don't understand it. Don't chastise people, <sighs> especially in a working class city like Memphis around the holidays. I don't. I do not find that a good strategy at the, all. The other never worked. Part of it too is, I think, contrary to what we see with Memphis football. The money backing and the donations and the support, the resources that have been given to this basketball program over the years, like I, I don't feel like you, I don't feel like you can tell this fan base and people that support Tiger basketball, they can't complain about lack of success. If there's a lack of success, there is some frustration there because there's been a lot put down. There's been a lot invested by people in this city in this program. Like I don't think I don't I don't think that needs to be lost on this coaching staff. They need to realize that. They need to understand that. I think Rick understands that, which is why it's just weird to sort of go after the fan base the way he. Well, is. if there is a single program in the city that I have never questioned the support for, it is the Memphis Tigers basketball exactly. team. It just it felt odd. It, you know, I didn't understand where it really I came think from. I, it almost feels like there's a lack of understanding of. The market or the of the the meaning this basketball 
program has in the city. And hey, granted, he's new. He's he just got here. Like it's not like Rick Rick has been here forever. I understand that, but you got to understand these things before you say. What you say. Right. You don't, if you don't show up, you can't complain about the lack of I mean, success. have we ever seen that strategy ever no, work in the city of Memphis? No. It's ridiculous. It don't tell works. people how to spend their money. Don't. Yeah. No. Especially when you're on a two-game losing streak. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to turn it to three games, get a win against VCU tonight. Now, uh, in the Jimmy V Classic last night, it, I mean, just seeing all the – everything that goes into the Jimmy V Classic, it's, it's phenomenal. It really is. And seeing uh, Stuart Scott's – daughter up there i mean it's almost tear-jerking at times um but we did have two games there illinois handled florida atlantic 98 to 89 marcus domask who's a fifth year from southern illinois 33 points against fau and the reason really was he was getting a lot of it and he got some of it from inside the paint he's not some big guy by any stretch of the imagination he usually plays on the wing but vlad golden had foul trouble the entire game and Vlad Golden has turned himself into an offensive menace at times. That's going to be something unless Jordan Brown comes along, the Tigers are going to have to deal with once they get to the end of the season and deal with uh, Florida Atlantic. But they have a lot of time until then, luckily. that's, a, that's We're talking about February into March there. And then also, UConn looks just as dominant as they did Dude, UConn is – I mean, Lee – I think Lee came on last week and was talking about how he got to see their basketball team, and they are rolling, man. They look like a <laughs> – they look like beasts. I mean, Bobby, I mean, Danny Hurley and, and sort of the beast he has created, it's not even okay at this moment. Like, I, I, I they, they have a loss this year. Um, Close, though. They, they Kansas, lost to yeah. Kansas. But at the same time, outside of, I mean, they, they don't have Adama Sanogo. It feels so similar to last year. I mean, Donovan Klingon is so damn good. He is a good player, and he's probably going to come out after this year be a lottery pick. Dude, they're big. They're just big. They're, 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 they're big, huge. but they're also talented, and they yeah. can move, and they're athletic. Like, they're Donovan fun. Klingon is not some seven foot two oaf that just can't move his feet. He can move his feet in switches. He's comfortable shooting a nice little mid-range. He can get to the rim. He's great on the boards, always gives effort. There's just a, there's, they're a, they're a, a different basketball program than everybody else right now. Newton can hoop. And Chris, Tristan Newton always. He hoops. How many years has he been in college at this point? Because he started at ECU. I remember that. This is fifth year. I think this is he's fifth a year. senior, yeah, so he's probably fifth year. Yeah. So he is, he's been around for a while. Shout 2019 out. was his first season. Yeah. Yeah, fifth season. Yep. Yep. Well, shout out to Tristan Newton. He's, he's found himself a landing spot, and that's fun to see. Now, um, we have to go ahead and grab a break. And on the other side, uh, usually is at 6 o'clock, but we don't have a 6 o'clock hour. We're going to have to bring on my man from ESPN Arkansas, Ty Richardson. We'll talk college football, SEC college football playoff, the new plan from Charlie Baker. That's all next, 92.9 FM ESPN. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said they're going out and starting? 6 9 a.m. Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. He is on X at Thai Sports Radio. 
Um, and he joins every single Wednesday on the show. Now, usually at 6 o'clock, we had to move him up because we don't even have a 6 o'clock hour today. But Ty joins right now. Ty, what's happening, brother? How are you? Guys, good to be back with you. Hope the Grizzlies get it done tonight. <laughs> and, uh... We do, too. I, I don't know if we can handle a loss to uh, the Detroit Pistons. With I mean, when was the last time they got a win? Can we check that, Connor? When was the last time they got a win? What was the date? They, I mean, they started 2-1, and one, and they're 2 and. 18, 2 and 16, 2 and 17, something like that at this point. Ugh. Yeah. I, I lost track of how many losses they have. I think that's well, fair. Should I, I shouldn't have to keep up in, with that. Is this where I feel in that I'm a Thunder fan and I really like our young, young roster and the future that we have? Yeah, well, no, that's well? fine. Yeah, no, I like the Thunder for the most part. The Josh Giddy stuff's a little uncomfortable. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I'll well, say that. I will say that. Um, October 19th. October 19th was the last time the Pistons got a win. So, Grizzlies, please, please do not lose to the 2-18 and Pistons. I'm right there. But, no, I I like like your Oklahoma City Thunder. They beat the Thunder. That's interesting. That's quite interesting. (laughs) It's kind of ironic. It's good good research, Connor. (laughs) Yeah, so what's the tie with the Thunder? We'll do that quick. Uh, well, you got two Arkansas kids, Jalen Williams and Isaiah Joe. Um, I being, I, you either were going to be in Little Rock growing up, you're going to be a, a, a Memphis fan, a Mavericks fan. Um, and when Oklahoma City had that little stint when New Orleans moved there, I just thought that was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, watch, like watching Kevin and Russell Westbrook back in the day. Yeah, kind of hard not now, to. I'll give you that. Yeah. And then now two, Ar- two Arkansans and that young roster, which had Holmgren and company. Nice, nice. Now, um, I do have to say this. Last time we talked, we were waiting on you to wear a uh, Memphis jersey. We thought it was going to be a Penny Hardaway jersey, but it ended up being a Paxton Lynch, one of my former teammates' jerseys. You look good in the blue and gray, brother. we got to give yeah, you credit where was, credit's due. I was I was telling you I was kind of fraudulent because I, I did run into some Memphis fans that gave me compliments, and I, I felt bad because I was like, I'm not actually a fan, but I'm sporting this jersey. But, I again, a man of my word. And uh, it was a cool jersey, and uh, and I followed through on a bet. Hopefully, if Arkansas plays Memphis again, uh, the other way will be flipped around. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, that was a good win over Duke. So, honestly, that we're happy about that. I think all parties are happy about Arkansas handling Duke the way they did. No question. I mean, that's the most hated team in college basketball. Uh, Kentucky is Kentucky's close, but that's Duke's number one. And here in Memphis, we need y'all's resume to be good. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I'm speaking on. Need y'all's resume to be solid after that win in the Bahamas. Yeah, the Tigers dropped the Ole Miss this past weekend, which yeah. didn't make a lick. I know Ole Miss is undefeated to this point, but it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, let's throw it to the side for now. Out of conference, weird things happen. Tigers are having their struggles, though. They play VCU tonight, so we'll see what they do there. Now, uh... Got to hop into uh, college football because I want to give you your props. You called this Florida State out. I mean, I, I didn't think that the committee would have the, the, the cojones to actually do it, but they went ahead and they did it, and it's going to be Michigan versus Bama and Washington versus Texas. Florida State dropped a spot for beating a team that was higher ranked than the team that Texas jumped two spots for beating. I mean, it is it is wild to see what we saw this final week, but the committee made their decision. 
Yeah, and Gabe, I apologize for our dog Maggie barking in the background. This is uh, it's quite annoying. Oh, all good. Out of the Completely way. understand. Uh, yeah, but as far as uh, as far as that goes, I just felt like that the committee was going to use the Travis thing um, over the top, and that's exactly what they did. Um, you hate that for every Florida State player. I even saw Jordan tweet out he wished he would have gotten injured earlier to let the season play out. And I've seen all different takes. I've seen all different sides. I just thought that at the tail end of the season, they were going to use every bit of that, especially with Alabama. I mean, it would have been easier if Georgia had just won, but they didn't. Yep. Then I think there was a chance that Washington actually got left out, to be honest. But you hate it for – I mean, Norvell's got obviously got the Memphis connections with you and so many others listening. So I know they were pretty heartbroken to see that play out this weekend. Yeah, what's bothersome to me is I almost have in my own head to like a, a a split thoughts on this. Like what I think should have happened is Florida State should have got in thirteen and zero ACC conference championship. What ultimately I would want to happen is to have the best games out there, and Florida State being a part of it, that was not going to be the best games. Michigan would handle them. I think Washington, Texas, Alabama, whoever's in there, I think would have handled them relatively easily. So. While I am a little sick for Florida State, I do think it made this this playoff substantially better to leave them out. I mean, substantially better. And that's honestly what the college football playoff committee was talking about behind closed doors. We don't have to fool ourselves. It's about TV ratings and interesting football. That's what they wanted. And and they should be able to get it. I don't know if you saw this stat, but this past calendar year across all networks and all streaming platforms was the highest amount of minutes ever watched in college football history. So it's pretty they good. Got one. And, and you, you hear people, and I, you probably have people listening to Memphis right now that aren't a fan of the transfer portal and aren't a fan of NIL, and yet people keep watching. So evidently they're doing something right. Uh, it's never going to catch the NFL, but college football has grown immensely. And even in the midst of all this change, it's going to continue to do that. Plus you got the 12 team playoff coming down the pipe. It's frustrating. I, again, every Florida State fan, it's going to – and they, they better show up against Georgia. You have a chance to, again, quote-unquote, pull an Auburn or pull a UCF and declare yourself the national champions. If you beat this Georgia team, who I would say, Gabe, has a bigger gripe being left out after a three-point loss in the SEC championship to the best college football coach of all time. They have a bigger gripe than Florida State does. Yeah, I mean, here, here's, the, here's where the gripe comes in. Um, if the thought process behind closed doors, which is what they say it was, if the thought process behind closed doors with the committee was put the four best teams in, they are one of the four best teams. I can give you that. That's where their gripe is. But you lost your final game of the year. You put yourself in that position. We sort of knew that that was going to be a play-in game of sorts. And one thing that is very clear about this entire year that I find kind of interesting, but I get that like historical significance and head-to-head how much head-to-head has mattered in the past. This Texas-Alabama thing, week two, meant so much to the, you know, the, the end result of this yeah. college football season, and I never thought it would hold that much weight. And, and well, it seems like the committee made that decision early in the season, and, as lo- and so long as neither of those teams dropped another game along the way, only had the one loss, Texas was going to be ahead of Alabama. And if, te- if Alabama... Uh, got into the college football playoff, there was Texas ahead of them. That was always going to be the case. And it seems like the committee was very strong on that the entire year. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. Gabe, to me, that's the second biggest win of college football this season. No one wins in Bryant-Denny. They could say it was week two. They could say it was week ten. You just don't win in Bryant-Denny. And uh, Quinn Ewers and company were able to do that. I think for for making that making that out, you look at you look at Alabama this year, and they struggled against USF, I think, the following week. And they had some issues at Auburn. They had issues against Arkansas in October. Mm-hmm. Um, so the eye test, like when people say the eye test, right, they still struggled against teams they should have handled but won. Texas had the injury to yours. He was out a couple weeks. They had the Mal- Malachi Murphy, I think, and had to deal with that. But if you look across the board, it's the second-best win in college football this year, only trailing Alabama's win over Georgia. Oh, and here's the thing, though. It meant a lot. <laughs> like, right? Like, Texas is – they are. They better be thinking they're lucky stars they got that win, right? Like, that, that, that meant all the – everything for them. That counted for two or three wins, it felt like, this entire year. And it basically nullified an Oklahoma loss, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it completely wiped away anything bad that happened to that Texas team this year. Yeah, no, there's no – and I, to me, that like that Texas-Oklahoma game, it's a rivalry game. It's the last – basically last-second touchdown. I've, and people are like, oh, I can't believe they lost to Oklahoma. It's like the neutral side, it's one of the Whoa. best rivalry games in college football. Yeah. I I didn't have an issue with that. Um, and, again, they thoroughly – the other thing that really helped them is they kicked the crap out of Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Right. You can, make, you can make the case. Arguably, Quinn, you were his best game of the year. That yeah, was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, we know Oklahoma State's not Georgia. Um, I don't know where you think they'd stack up against Louisville um, or Iowa uh, or, I guess, the, the Pac-12 championship with Oregon, which Oregon – I'd probably give Oregon and Georgia the edge over those two. But I, it's like a – it's kind of in that middle – I mean, it's about the same as Iowa, and it's about the same as Louisville in terms of what – and they throttle them offensively and defensively as well. So they had they had the, probably the most convincing. You think, of the, you think about the championship, they had the most convincing championship win, too, in addition to the second-best win in college football. Yeah, yeah. But are you – let me ask you this with Florida State. The precedent that was set, does it bother you? The, like, the, going into the future, I know we're going to have a 12-team playoff, and people will say, well, maybe we'll leave some of these conversations in the past. But the precedent of – I test trumping anything else and TV ratings mattering more than what happened on the field. Does that does that bother you? Well, here, here's where I would come from, and help me with the the Memphis kid that's the backup backup again. What's his name? Brock Glenn. Brock Glenn. Brock, yeah, Brock Glenn. So Los Antelope. Yeah, if, if you go back to Ohio State in 2014 where I think Miller was playing wide receiver at that point. Maybe JT Barrett was the starting quarterback, if I remember that right. Cardell Jones came in, and they won that championship game 59-0. Yeah. In the last two games, Florida State's offense hasn't looked anything close to what it has all season. Now, defense is one of the top five in college football. It's unbelievable still. But (laughs) the precedent that seemed to be set that Florida State fans kept referring back to that it's nine day. One offense looked great under a backup quarterback. The other didn't look good at all and relied on their defense heavily in those two games. So you could maybe make a case it would have been a defensive battle that Michigan and McCarthy came out on top. But I just, the precedent's talking about you, you seldom have these like last week injuries to your starting quarterback. It's more about that than the undefeated record. I mean, Jordan Travis is in. Here's what would happen. If Jordan Travis was in and they had beat the crap out of Louisville, I think Alabama gets left out. And I said that before. I was like, Texas has that win over them. They're not excluding Texas. 
uh, you, you, of course, have excluded Georgia. At that I, th- point. I, Oregon got I think at that point, though, you'd probably exclude Texas and throw Bama in there because they're not going to do that to the SEC. Right? Yeah. Obviously, there, we're, there we're speaking is. hypotheticals, and this is just, you know, we're, we're never going to, there's no way to ever figure this out, but it would have been very bizarre to leave out the SEC. See, and I think it would have, this would have been the one year since the inception, since 2014, and really since 2006 when the SEC started getting to the national championship or college football playoff, where it would happen. This was the one scenario, and I said, I mean, every win and loss happened like it needed to, but it was the quarterback. I'm telling you, I I think this would have actually happened where they would have put like Alabama at five, because I, I, and I said this, and I said this on our airwaves too, you can't penalize Texas for beating Alabama and then excluding them for the playoff. I don't care if they played in the Big 12. The SEC, here's what the other thing, Gabe, the SEC had a down year in non-conference this year. And mm-hmm. you can say it's still tough. They had the draft picks. But when you look at where they stacked up in the non-con, it's nowhere near what it typically is. So they didn't have that going for them this year. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Either, but yes, the SEC once again got in, and the streak continues of the conference making either the college football playoff or the national championship. I, and listen, I'm not like th- some SEC homer, but the, the, the college football playoff doesn't feel right without the SEC. It doesn't. Without Alabama or Georgia or somebody of that ilk. You have to. I mean, they've won how many different national championships in the 21st century? It's, it's ridiculous. Of, 13 of 17, I believe, the last national champions are from the SEC. I mean, exactly. I so it's just yeah, leaving that conference out makes no realistic sense. In the end yeah, and it would be really difficult for a lot of people to fathom that, whether they're in the SEC or not. But a lot of people would have liked it because SEC fatigue is real. 
And for me, it's Alabama fatigue. I was happy when right. Georgia lost. Uh, but I'm still – I hope Alabama loses. The national championship that television wants is Texas and Michigan. I mean, you've got the North versus the South. You've got two – Not, not the rematch of Texas versus Bama? Not, not – not even the rematch. Oh, here's what happened. All right. It's because you got two. You got the two Southern Titans, right? You got yeah. Texas and Alabama, but Michigan. You think about the Big Ten versus the SEC in terms of the television revenue. The reason there's more distribution in the Big Ten is because there's more population. There's more subscribers, so you get that. You don't just go south, right? Which I know Texas is technically a Big Twelve school now, and joining the SEC starting next year. But you're going to get an immense amount of demographics. There's everyone that hates Michigan that wants them to lose because what happened these past couple right. of seasons, and you've got the people that hate Texas. No one's going to not watch that. We're hate-watching. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> going to hate-watch. They're like, I hope both these teams lose. That's the – again, Alabama-Texas would be great too in terms of – but I think Michigan and Texas is truly the one – that we could see some cataclysmic numbers if it plays out that way. Um, is there anybody in this top four though that you that you rule out of, of winning at all? Most people say Washington. I mean, um, that would be the but, sort of top of the list, but I'm not going to rule it out that they can they, make they a run. The, the, the deal with them is is you say that if you haven't watched Michael Penix play, like it's the it's the dumbest thing ever when someone says, "Well, they're just a Pac-12 or ACC or Big 12 <laughs> school," and they haven't let let the or watched the kid that's swinging the football around. I mean, we've seen ACC kids, we've seen Pac-12, I and mean, we've seen quarterbacks that just across the board when they go up against SEC teams, there's a talent disparity every other position except that one, and that changes the complete dynamic of a game. I mean, if he's not the, the second-best quarterback in college football, he, he's maybe the third. I mean, you got Jaden Daniels at one, and then Penix is probably squarely at number two. He beat Bo Nix, the other Heisman finalist, twice. So mm-hmm. uh, he is the difference. If he has an incredible game, of course they got a chance to win the national championship, but he's never – he he will not face – he has not faced a defense like Texas all year long. Um, people have given Quinn Ewers credit in that offense, and deserve really so – but that defense is the real deal as well. No question about it. Now, last thing for Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X. Did you see that the Charlie Baker, NCAA president, uh, came up with a plan proposing a creation of an FBS subdivision that permits schools to directly compensate athletes through a trust fund, $30,000 per athlete and NIL. Um, I'm sure you've seen this. This is This is the... The evolution that I figured we'd get to at some point. Now, granted, like this is the NCAA sort of trying to show they're not toothless, bring up plans, try to bring people along. I don't know if uh, the the various conference commissioners will want to go along, the the school presidents will want to go along, but this is where I think this thing is going to head here relatively soon. Yeah, and you're splitting the the group of five from Power Fives because if you don't opt in, you're going to get left behind. And I think it's... Sometimes, I mean, some revenue. of these schools can't afford to opt in. They just yeah, can't. Yeah, it's, it, it's so difficult for, um, the, again, the smaller schools in, in college football. That uh, Ross Dellinger, who wrote the article, referenced Ohio State's budget, which is, I think, 220 mil versus Ohio's budget, which is like 20 mil. So it's going right. to separate the the big dogs and the, and, and the smaller guys even more than they already are at this point. 
So I, I, there's some interesting again possibilities. It's just a proposal, like you alluded to, but uh, this is kind of the first drop in the hat. I know again cr- congressional themes. They, they've been trying to lobby for some stuff in Congress, but uh, this seems like a uh, one of the the solutions, or at least the uh, the pragmatic approaches that they're going to try and take at this point when it comes to restructuring what's been going on in college sports. I mean, this is absolutely absolutely what we thought would happen. My only question is. It are the rest of the, you know, is college athletics ready to follow the NCAA again? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like the NCAA had lost so much traction, and do you want to hop back into a relationship with them and follow their proposal? I don't know how that's going to work. Um, and will it be every sport? Does college football have their own thing going on? There's still a lot of things that we have to sort out. But I, I think this is the start of the, the transition to what we all sort of thought was going to end up being the haves and the have-nots playing for a separate championship. Just Looks like we're in that way, Gabe. Yep, for sure. It's kind of depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I think a little if you're bit a depressing. Memphis Tiger Yeah, I mean, you got to be. As a Memphis Tiger fan, and I know we got a lot of people listening right now, and, I mean, there was, there was a thought in the last probably decade that you could have played for a college football playoff. And I think that just that thought hadn't necessarily ceased to exist, but it got a whole lot more like a dream than it became a reality if this thing goes through. It, it, it might take a year or two, but I mean, once this thing goes through, it's for any for any group of five school or whatever you want to call them moving forward, it it's going to be virtually impossible to comp- compete in the new realm of college football. Yep, for sure, no doubt about it. Well, Ty, I appreciate it per always. We'll do it again next week. All right, Gabe. Talk next week. Yes, sir. That's Ty Richardson, co-host of The Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday for ESPN Arkansas. He's on X at Ty Sports Radio. Now it's time to go ahead and transition straight into Jeff Calkins, guest to guest, and then we'll get you out um, to the Grizzlies game. How about that? But Jeff Calkins is next, 92.9 FM ESPN. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.